Howdy. How you like my Colorado welcome? That was it right there. Glad that you are here this weekend. Um, Want to welcome all of our campuses in, not just here, but uh, Lakewood and Castle Rock and Highlands Ranch, folks that are live streaming us and folks that will be listening uh, later on via podcast or however you're a part of uh, the listening audience. We want to welcome you and thank you for being a part of it. This weekend will be the very last message in our series, Remarkable. Next weekend, as you just heard, we'll start the new series on You Asked For It. I think you'll get, um, I think you'll get a lot out of it. We had a lot of interesting questions. We sat down ahead of time, the teaching team, before the questions started rolling in, we asked ourselves, let's try to figure out uh, what questions will come in. And almost, not not exactly, but I would say 95%, we were able to kind of judge, you know, just looking at uh, at at our, 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 uh, our city, um, our state, uh, the issues that are going on here, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of giving away some of the questions you can already imagine. Um, uh, and then just society at general, just some of the questions. I think, you, I think you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, before, though, uh, we, we, we jump into that, we'll finish this series up. And uh, before we do that, I've got one thing that, um, that I want to show you. Uh, we have a lot of projects that go on uh, around here. For those that are a part of JFC for any length of time, you know, last year, uh, I, a mistake that I made, quite honestly, was that I entered us into too many projects. And uh, in, in light of that, I'm not always good at coming back and saying, here's the, here's the completion of the project, or here's what it looks like. And you'll remember, um, last year, during the fall, we had some of the uh, worst recorded flooding in Colorado since... Uh, 1976 and the Big Thompson flood, uh, and in some cases it was far worse than that. And you know, just now they're just now starting to rebuild some of those houses up in Glen Haven and uh, on your way up to Estes Park and all that. Well, we we felt like let's get involved with this and let's help with this project. And so we uh, actually had received an offering for it last year, and you gave a little better than forty thousand dollars to uh, to help with it. But as you know, uh, that project, you know, you're talking in the billions of dollars is the law losses in that scenario. And when the money came in, uh, I'm always careful not to just like take the money and throw it at this, throw it at that. I asked the Lord, what are we supposed to do with this? Where is it supposed to go? Where is it most helpful at? So we began to pray and we had a couple of opportunities. One of them, uh, Samaritan's Purse, which I, I, I have full confidence in Franklin Graham's ministry and would uh, at any time partner with those guys. But um, I really felt like the Lord was telling us, wait, uh, I'm going to bring you a family. And I didn't know anybody in that area. So we just prayed and we sat and we waited and we waited. I put feelers out there. I asked churches in northern Colorado and some friends that we have that live up in that area. I said, if you guys find a family in particular, God just somehow exposes you to, to a particular family, let us know. All right, so God was very faithful to bring us a family rather than throw our money into one big pot and FEMA and all these different ones just sort of absorb it. I thought, wouldn't it be great if our church could pick one family and we could help to rebuild their lives uh, up in that area right there. So I'm going to have an ongoing update of what this project looks like. But this is the beginning of it right here. And I want you to see it firsthand. I want you to see where some of your money is going to be going to and want to uh, expose you to this. Our youth group's gonna go up and do some work up there in the next couple of weeks. This is more than just us throwing money at something. It's something that our church wants to be involved in. So watch this right here. I think you'll get a kick out of it. 
The problem is the creeks can't hold the water that's coming down. You can see from the debris, it's been up over this bridge. Flash flood watches and warnings are posted this morning as heavy rain continues to fall. Last night, President Obama approved federal disaster aid for the flooded areas. At least three people are dead and another is missing. So it is, uh, you know, obviously it's a, it's a it's an in-depth project. But here here's the situation. You know, um, it's such a huge need up there that to take the money that you gave, just to throw it in, we'd never know exactly how it helped. I mean, we could say generally it helped people. But I thought in this situation, we just prayed and asked God to give us a family. Let me tell you how they came to us. Uh, Kim DeMay, our prayer pastor. Uh, Kim's mom and dad live in Estes Park. And uh, Kim's mom works at a dentist office. This family happened to come into the dentist office. She had been asking, looking, putting feelers out. This family presented themselves. And uh, it just was, it's a match. Uh, we got involved. We prayed about it. We feel like God's led us to this family to help out and to be involved with. So um, we're going to help sponsor. Now get this. Insurance covers the lion's share. Guess how much they were short? 50000 Close. <laughs> 50000 You saw their driveway. Um, there's an additional 10. That bridge, they tried to put it back in a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if you saw it. They had torrential rains up there again, and it washed out um, their driveway again. They can't even start the uh, rebuilding till we get the driveway uh, in and done, and they have to now relocate it because the county is even saying, you just can't put it here anymore. It's not going to work. We need an additional $10,000. And I just thought... You see what this project is. You see what we're doing. I'm not going to make a big to-do out of it. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to put it in all of our services. Maybe you're sitting there and you'd like to be involved in this. Mark uh, your check or your money uh, on the envelope. Uh, flood relief. We'll make sure it goes to the right place. But here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to show you probably once a month every six weeks the project as it just goes to completion. Now, um, our youth group's going to go up and work uh, next week. We're going to send up, I, I, I think it's about 40 kids that are headed up there uh, to work. We want to be able to do different things. The family, when we're all said and done, I'll have the family here at church that weekend so we can show the completed project and I can introduce you to this family. You know, there's nothing in this for us except just to say, um, hey, God's alive and he's active in this world. That's why we're doing this right here. So it's just a wonderful chance for us to participate take of something. I'll, I'll give you more information as we go along, but what a neat thing to be praying for. Uh, just a little indication. Sometimes I'm not always good at saying, here's what these projects look like, but this is one you can know. This is where some of your money is going to be going uh, in this situation. And what an opportunity for us to make a difference. They lost everything. 
Every, every stitch of clothes they have, the guy's tools, everything that they own was lost in this flood. What a chance for us to make a difference in somebody's life. So this will be fun. Uh, enough about that. Uh, let's, let's go on and jump into this right here. Grab your notes. Uh, it's called Remarkable. And uh, our series has just simply been talking about what it means to be remarkable. And if you look at that first bullet point, I put everyone has a chance or chances to be remarkable, good or bad. You agree with that statement right there? So remarkable isn't always on the idea of just everything's great. Sometimes we look at situations that are bad and we go, wow, that was really remarkable too. And every day through life, we're all given chances to, to do remarkable things for good or for bad. Now, I, I want to be clear on this. Today, I'm going to be talking about uh, remarkable fathers, what a remarkable father is. And I, before I jump into that message, uh, I put this scripture down right here, Matthew 19, uh, the second part of verse 17. Jesus uh, is, is talking, uh, actually, um, to, to a, a young man who's come up to him and asked him um, about uh, how, how to inherit eternal life and what are the most important commandments. And Jesus, you know the, the scripture, he goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the guy in his opening sentence says, um, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? There's only one who is good, speaking of the Father. And I think you can interpret that as Jesus saying there is only one who is truly remarkable, and it's God. You agree with that? Yep. So I, I want to say this. Here's why I bring that out. I'm about to talk about remarkable fathers. And you might sit there and hear this message, and maybe you're struggling in your life right now, and you don't feel like a remarkable father. Or maybe you're the kid of, of, of someone who you don't feel like was a remarkable father. Maybe you've got a scar and a wound that you carry around in your life, and maybe it affects you in the way you try to parent today. So you might listen to this message and think to yourself, wow, I just feel condemned. I just feel like I, I, I can't be that. Well, I think what I'm trying to point out before we do anything else, there's only one perfect father, isn't there? Yep. And it's God. Now here's the level playing field for all of us. Here's the great equalizer. He's all of our father. And so what you didn't get by pedigree, you still can get by spiritual gifting. God is your father and can overcome everything that this world throws at you. Everything that this world throws at you. God can do that. All right, so just look at this. We'll, we'll jump in. Uh, I'm going to talk about quickly a father's approval. A father's approval. Good friend of mine named Ed McGlasson. I had Ed here. Uh, it's been several years now, but Ed actually did a uh, men's retreat for us for a couple of times. He spoke here. Uh, Ed, he, he's a guy who, the first time I heard him speak, um, he... It was like he had listened to stuff that I had been teaching and stole all of my stuff and then taught it to my church. <laughs> and I was really like, this is just unbelievable. I, I don't know if you could even relate to that, but it was like everything that I believed and I had written and, and I had held to be true, this guy stands up and he's teaching all of these things. And he actually wrote a book and I felt like he wrote my book. <laughs> and I, when I stood up, I, I didn't even know how to say. It. I said, that's a really good message. That was my message. You took my message. And... Um, Ed made a statement that stood with me, and I put it in your notes, and, and this is what he, he taught concerning a father's approval. He said, I've come to understand that the question little boys and little girls, as well as men and women, want answered is this, what does my dad really think about me? Now get this part. If this remains unanswered, we will spend our lives performing for an audience of one man who either doesn't get it or doesn't realize it's his voice that matters. 
And I don't know if you can absorb that little paragraph in one sitting. I don't know if just hearing it right there, it even sinks in. It might be a message that you want to go home and look at in the next few days. You know, I mentioned earlier, if you carry a wound, and I think many people carry wounds because the truth of the matter is there's only one perfect father and every one of us is human and makes mistakes. And even when we're trying, sometimes best intentions don't always get the job done. And sometimes our children are the ones who pay the price or we pay the price for the mistakes of the fathers. And so you hear a little sentence like this that if a dad doesn't get it, it can cause a kid to live forever wanting to know, what does my dad really think about me? This is an important message. It's a life-changing message. It's one that I know, I've told my story and won't go back over it again, but I grew up the son of multiple fathers. Never having one in my early adolescence ever tell me I love you. I was an adult when I heard a man say that to me for the first time in my life. It was a difficult thing that I still carry with me today in some facets. If I'm not careful to live in what God is doing for me now, it's easy for me to slip back in the way that I grew up. Anybody else get that? This message, man, can maybe set you free from some of those things. So the father's approval. Let me give you two things very quickly. That a father is able, through his approval, to help his children do. The first one is, when you approve of your children, you set them free from performance. Freedom from performance. Let me just say this very quickly and go through it. I'm 50 and my greatest struggle with God is that I don't always remember that I'm set free from performance. Let me me say it this way. When you begin to ask yourself why you do what you do, you then begin to answer the question, who am I performing for in my life? Let me say it one more time. When you ask yourself why you do what, most of us live life never asking the question, what is the motivation for why I'm doing what I'm doing right now? And many times in life, our motivation is we're trying to prove to somebody that we are worthy or that we are gifted or that we are equal or that we are able, that we are worth it. And what a father's able to do for a child is when that father approves, it settles the answer to that issue early on. So listen to this. It's not about whether or not a child will be successful if they didn't have their father's approval. Listen, this is really important. This is not like if you don't approve of your kid, they're they're bound for failure. That's not it. In fact, a kid that doesn't have approval can use that motivation to work harder than everybody else. Are you following me? A kid can actually use rejection to work harder than everybody else. But the motivation behind that is not, I'm doing this because everything's okay. I'm doing this because I'm trying to prove. Somebody tell me what I'm doing makes me worthwhile. So they actually work harder than anybody else. So it's not a question of whether or not they'll be successful. Here's the question. Will they ever enjoy their success when they get there? A kid without approval never knows where the finish line is. A kid without approval continues to work harder and harder. And when someone else gets there and is able to, at the end of the day, rest because they got done what they set out to do, the kid without it doesn't know where the finish line is, so they never rest. They continue to work harder, 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 waiting for that one voice to say, I approve of you. I'm going to say this one more time. What you lack by pedigree... You can get by spiritual gifting. What your earthly father 
wouldn't, couldn't, or just simply failed to do, your heavenly Father is always willing to put his hand of blessing on your life and give it to you. This is an important issue. A father's blessing. I don't know what it is. I, I, I guess it's a gift that God puts in to the life of a man. Now this, very carefully, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I, I don't have a husband or I don't have a dad. What, what do I do? I gave you the answer already. What you don't get by pedigree, you can get through spiritual gifting, spiritual birth. But there's something about the voice of a father, yes or no, that can bring approval to a situation. I put in your notes right here, when our hearts are filled with security and trust in a dad who loves us, look at this, we stop living for our father's approval and begin to live from our father's approval. So we're either living for or from our father's approval. The difference is way more than semantics. The difference is life and death. Not physical, but spiritual. Enjoyment, success, ability to just feel like, wow, I'm worthy. I have five children. So I experimented on the five. (laughs) I gave three my approval and the other two I withheld it from. Just kidding. Folks, come on. You're like, how did that work? Come on. Maybe we don't laugh at that because we're like, my dad did that to me too. (laughs) Here's the experiment. I grew up without it, but I learned that what you didn't get by pedigree you can give by spiritual gifting. I put in my notes. So if you're sitting there and you're a dad, I'm talking about the father's approval. What could you do now to show your approval? This doesn't matter either whether your children are small, they're grown, or somewhere in between. What could you do right now to show approval? I'll give you two things. The first one is bless your children. Now, let me say this about the blessing very quickly. In your heart, you may be blessing your kids, but your kids can't read your mind. So this is what I know about the blessing. Listen to me. The blessing is always verbal. Go back and read your Bible, and every time God blessed his creation, this is what the Bible will say, and God said. Always, every blessing is preferenced by those words, and God said said, or God spoke. The blessing is always verbal. I can feel affection and love, generosity. I can feel warmth. I can, I can feel all sorts of things, but if I never express it, you're not really sure where I'm at on the issue, yes or no. And you can settle the issue by simply opening your mouth and expressing approval. Bless your kids. Well, I'm not sure what that looks like. How about this? I bless you. (laughs) I approve of you. I like you. You're mine. You're worthy. You're a gift. You're a blessing. This world's a better place because you're here. Our family needs you. Yes, no? I mean, 
practice the blessing, give your blessing, part of, of just settling the issue of approval. Open your mouth and you'll stop the enemy 99% of the time. That was really good. Let me give you the second thing you can do. I, I make this statement, it's sort of like uh, if there was like any little sentence, tagline, that's become a, a, um, you know, a, an unwritten law of what Pastor John teaches, it would be this. The power of the gospel doesn't change your past, it what? Changes your future. The power of the gospel doesn't change your past, it changes your future. You agree with that? Uh, So listen to this. You can't give what you don't have. I agree with that statement. I mean, it's foolish to think that you can give what you don't have. But what you didn't get by pedigree, you can get by spiritual gifting. So what you can do to show approval to your kids, open your mouth and speak. Here's the second one. And I love this about our God. Our God is not the God of if only. He is the God of but now. I want you to think about that. The Bible never goes, if only you would have listened, (laughs) then you'd have God's favor. If only you would have been obedient. Here's what the Bible always says, but now, if you turn your hearts to God. But now, if you heed what I'm saying. But now. Yes or no? So our gospel is not the gospel of if only, it's the gospel of but now. You today have the opportunity to open your mouth and you don't have to look at your children's lives or your life and say, if only my dad would have, or if only I would have when they were little, or if only I could muster this up, go home and do the but now. (laughs) But now. So I wasn't raised this way, but now I'm going to give it to you. My dad didn't get this, but now I do get it. So I'm going to give it to you. Before I got there this afternoon, I didn't know. But now, I know. And the chance then, listen, the power of the gospel isn't that it changes your past, it alters your future. You can change the future today by doing what God tells you to do. Do you believe that? Truly. You can change the future. The gospel does not erase your past. Not even God himself erases the past. What happened, happened. But it can change the future. That's the hope that we have in Christ. I love that. Wow. I put in your notes the audience you perform for reflects the approval that you lack or that you seek in life. When you begin to ask yourself why I'm doing what I'm doing, what's my motivation, you can identify the audience that you desire blessing from. What does that allow me to do? to figure out whether or not what you're doing is from God or from some mismatched, mismanaged system of this world that's running you ragged. Let me give you the second thing that I think a father's approval works on in a person's life. Permission to move forward. The first one, freedom from performance. The second one, permission to move forward. 
I wrote this in your note. We can be paralyzed by life when we don't know why we're here. Say it one more time, listen. We can be paralyzed by life when we don't know why we're here. When you look around today, do you recognize people in our society at large who simply haven't figured out what their purpose is? And they are looking like crazy to try to find a meaning and a reason for existence. I, I lived out this idea that when we don't know why we're here, we can be paralyzed by life. I, I had something that happened to me that is an illustration of this. It's a funny little story. Maybe this, uh, if you're closer to my age, you'll relate to this. If you're younger, um, you can laugh at me, but someday it'll happen to you, and <laughs> may your children laugh at you. I left. Chris said, I need you to go to the store, frozen food section, and I need you to pick this up. And I didn't write it down. So jump in the car, drive to Safeway, run inside, and hit the frozen food aisle, and cannot remember why in the world I'm there. Has that ever happened to anybody in this? Are all of you like 50? Is that the, yeah? So I get in there. Here's what they say, that there's a nerve in your behind that triggers, and if you just go sit down, you'll be reminded of what it was that you... So I'm standing in the frozen food aisle, and here's what I think. If I just stand here long enough, I'll figure out why I'm here. And like five minutes goes by. Carts are up and down the aisle. I'm just standing. I'm like, I'm looking at everything, and I'm like, it's surely, just by standing here, I will figure out what my purpose is in this store. And I had to leave the store, go back to my car. As soon as I sat down in my car, that's what I need. Get up, go back in. Pick up what I need. All right, so it's silly, and it's maybe something you can't even relate to, but I use it with this sentence in mind. We can be paralyzed by life when we don't know why we're here. When you lose purpose, you will stand there looking around, trying to figure out At some point, I'll see something that will give me meaning to my existence in this place. And this is what a father can do early on in the life of a child. You can give permission for a person to move forward in life by affirming the fact that God put them here with purpose. That they're not here simply for biological reasons only, but that God willed them into existence and their life contains something this generation needs or they're not here right now. And you may think that's weird, but we tell everything else to our children. Why not tell them about purpose? And why not tell them that they exist here for a reason? Rather than, listen to me, do you not see people stuck in our society at large today trying to figure out why they're here Identity is a huge issue. And tell me today that people aren't trying to change their identity from one sex to another, trying to figure out why I'm here. Yes or no? You see it all around you. Huh. Let me do this because I think maybe this would be 
the most important reason why finding that purpose early on can be such a, a, a helpful thing. Let me talk about you, let me talk to you about moving forward through difficulty. Moving forward through difficulty. Um, your Bible. Don't know if you brought it with you. You may rely on our notes behind us or the fact that I put them in the notes in front of you. But let me just quickly, um, I'll, I'll teach you something uh, that I, I think this is remarkable. I think that you could read this a thousand times and never catch a truth right here that, that's really interesting. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 3. And this is the baptism of Jesus. It starts in verse 13, and it goes down to, now just listen to this, to verse 17. And the story, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just quickly put it together for you. Jesus shows up at the Jordan. His cousin John is baptizing, you remember? Jesus goes into the water. The Bible says that John baptized Jesus. When Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens are open, and the Father speaks audibly. And this is what the Father says. You are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. He gives the three verbal indicators of blessing. You're mine. I love you and you please me. You're mine. I love you. You please me. You're mine. I love you. You please me. That's all a kid needs if you're going to bless them. You're mine. I love you. You please me. Now listen to this. Jesus is baptized comes up out of the water, his father speaks the blessing on him, the very next thing that happens in the life of Jesus begins in chapter 4, verse 1. Listen to this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Or now follow me. Jesus faces the greatest spiritual battle up until the cross right here in his life. What preceded this spiritual battle? the Father's blessing over his life. If Jesus needed the Father's blessing to fight the enemy, you need to give your blessing to your kids so they don't get stuck when they fight a spiritual battle. Everyone in this room, a key to spiritual warfare is the blessing of God over your life so that when you fight the devil, you never question, is God for me or against me? The first thing that our minds resort to when we doubt God is this. God, have you abandoned me? Have you left me? Where, why am I going through? If you love me, why is this happening to me? Yes or no? Yeah. We all face that. If you have your father's blessing, then nothing the devil throws at you can cause you to doubt that God has rejected you. And a key issue into every spiritual battle is knowing if God is for you, who can be against you? Yeah. I love that right there. I wonder how many people get stuck in a spiritual battle because they're unaware of their father's blessing on their life. Wow. I wonder how many of us today have been stuck for years because we're unaware of God's approval, that God's not against us, that he actually has put us there and he wants to bring us through that to defeat the enemy. And we've given in to despair or to a lie. Huh. Let me just finish it up. I would hope that as you look 
at just this little part, you could see the connection. Approval comes before success whenever you deal with adversity. Approval comes before success whenever you deal with adversity. It works for adults this way too. If you find an adult struggling, one of the most helpful things you can do is to walk alongside of them and to encourage them, yes or no? That approval allows another adult to be able to feel like they can make it through life. And the key issue that adults face when they feel alone, they have trouble moving. They get stuck, don't they? And they're waiting for someone to come along and encourage them out of a situation. I just put the conclusion in my mind for this message. Approval, identity equals freedom and permission. Approval and identity equals freedom and permission. I thought, when we end this message, what would I pray for people? And I wrote down this this sentence in my notes. It's not in yours. It just simply says this. Permission clarifies confusion. Permission clarifies confusion. I felt like maybe, maybe you hear this message and you are in a position in your life where you're just confused. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're in a battle that seems like it'll never end. Maybe you just entered into something the other day and you're like, ah, I feel like God has spoken to me and, and all of a sudden all hell is broken loose. Where's God at? He's right there. This word is supposed to be for you permission to move right through that thing that you're stuck in right now. Mm. Claim that God is good and that God is for you and that God has promised he will never leave you and forsake you. Claim that the blessings of God are yes and amen and that God is faithful. Claim that right now. And if you don't, you can fight a battle for years and years and be stuck in a place where God himself is trying to cheer you on. He approves of you. Your father approves of you. Would you stand to your feet right now and let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I realize some messages come to a place where spiritually nothing more can be said or done. God himself has to intervene. And Lord, I realize that there may be some folks that hear this message this weekend. Maybe they're at Lakewood or Castle Rock. Maybe they're here at Lone Tree. Maybe it's Highlands Ranch. Maybe they're live streaming. God, maybe they're sitting in a car or walking on a beach listening to this message. Right now, the Spirit of God speaks to their hearts. Father, I right now believe that what you have is that you want your approval spoken over this group of people. So right now, what you didn't get by pedigree I give to you through spiritual inheritance. Your Father blesses your life. Your Heavenly Father approves of you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's purposed and destined you to be more than an overcomer. More than an overcomer. God is on your side and He's called you to His. And if He is for you, who can be against you? 
I ask right now in his name that whatever spiritual battle you fight in the form of oppression or even like just a tidal wave that comes against you in the name of Jesus, I ask that God set you free right now. That the Lord just bring along his encouragement right now and that you find yourself moving steadily and speedily right through trouble. Here's what the Bible says. The righteous come through trouble. The righteous don't live in trouble. The righteous come through trouble. And in Jesus' name, I pronounce that freedom over your life right now. I pray that the Lord bless you, keep you, watch over you, make his face shine upon you, that the Lord be gracious to you. The Lord bless you. And I pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. It's Father's Day, huh? Yeah. I got a barbecue waiting for me at home. I'm going home. You go home too. Goodbye. We love you. Have a great weekend. Okay? God's blessing. <laughs>